Hi guys, I'm here with Sanchit Kirk. He is the CEO and founder of InnerFit. And I'm here today to uh, ask him a few questions about his extremely exciting journey on fitness and technology and how they come together in his latest startup. Hi Sanchit. Hi Danny. So Sanchit here is a serial entrepreneur and uh, he has uh, done 10x uh, profit for his last investors. He is filled with extremely exciting insights for startup founders. When I heard his pitch at IIT startups, I could not uh, you know, hold myself, but I just straight away went and asked him, what is the secret of you coming up with one exciting startup after another? And what is the gyan you can give to new startup <laughs> founders here? So Sanjay, tell us a little bit about your uh, uh, education and how did you come to your first startup? Got it. Thank you for the kind words introduction. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm, so let me give some introduction. I am natively from Jaipur, mm -hmm. that's west part of India, mm -hmm. the place of uh, the pink city and, and all. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> then I did my graduation from IIT Bombay in computer science. Mm -hmm. After that I started Travel Triangle. Mm -hmm. uh, we took a concept, a holiday marketplace mm -hmm. from scratch. Mm -hmm built it to a 700 plus team members, 100 million dollar plus value and raised multiple amounts of funding in between uh, from Silicon Valley, India, Singapore and so on. Nice. And uh, excitingly, in between as the company was growing fast and as a founder and a chief product officer, mm -hmm. I had my share of you know, challenges and stress. Mm -hmm. That's when my investors recommended me a professional coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, my coach was a behavioral science psychology expert. Mm -hmm. She identified my own emotional intelligence underlying patterns. Mm -hmm. And then one by one, helped me improve them. Awesome. And I started seeing a lot of changes. I became much more productive, mm -hmm. confident, mm -hmm. even in high pressure situations. Mm -hmm. That's one line. Mm -hmm. On the other side, I took up meditation mm -hmm. and learned a lot uh, on how to self-evaluate mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. and uh, codify the things in meditation and the coaching awesome so i, I became so I, I saw my peers my colleagues all having similar problems mm -hmm. but they would not be able to afford for a coach mm -hmm. or stick to a meditation ah. and that's when i thought how can i bring the same solution mm -hmm. in a more engaging and a cost-effective way to the masses and that's where Innofit came in Awesome. This is a very good example of need-based innovation and uh, uh, with, the, with the US healthcare model being so lucrative, people cannot afford services. Mental health and wellness is a top well, uh, healthcare trend and there's a lot of innovation going on here. And innovators like Sanchit have uh, some insights on how uh, uh, wellness can be democratized. Now before, before we come to that, uh, what is your advice to startup founders? you know, uh, to go uh, and follow their impulse on a startup, but also make sure they do it properly. How can they do it? Because you did your first uh, startup in a travel uh, industry and now it is wellness <laughs> and both ways you are successful right. uh, and you have found a need, a burning need and obviously there is a lot of skill. So what is your advice to uh, startup owners? So I think my advice is that a startup has lots of ups and downs. And you know when it is up, it's all good, and that's what you see on social medias. Mm -hmm. But when it is down, mm -hmm. it's just you. Mm -hmm. For you to survive in those downs, mm -hmm. 
uh, you need to be very confident on why why you are doing the startup mm-hmm. right why mm-hmm. what is the reason of doing the startup oh i love this answer if your yes. reason is that mm-hmm. you know you got bored of job mm-hmm. or your friend is doing that, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i started travel triangle because of that hey i wanted to grow fast mm-hmm. and uh, maybe this is a great way to grow right mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> but in a i started because i really i am not here to build another big company mm. i am here to solve a problem mm-hmm. the problem of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and the fitness mm-hmm. for the masses mm-hmm. actually excites me mm-hmm. i don't think there's anything else that i can do mm-hmm. worth better than this so guys uh, here are the two takeaways one takeaway is do something exciting and meaningful so that you can survive the ups and downs and do it because you believe in it i agree totally right. Yeah. I I believe in it because I've gone through that. Mm-hmm. I have spent my 2 years in that journey mm-hmm. getting pickled in the coaching in the meditation mm-hmm. and codifying them and seeing things. Mm-hmm. And I I saw my life going boom boom boom. Mm-hmm. So that I want to bring it to everyone. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. We'll take one pause. Great. Awesome. So Sanjit you were just telling me that uh having a meaningful purpose is great for startup founders to survive ups and downs. uh my uh the, the question i wanted to uh, post to you was 9 out of 10 startups are failing and one of the popular reasons is uh, lack of product market fit right they bring in an idea with a lot of passion and then uh, it doesn't work so what is your advice to startup founders about product market fit whoa <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a very subjective question which depends on industry and so many things right mm-hmm. I believe that tech will eat the world the software will eat the world software will eat the world yeah. what do you mean by that i mean if you create something with technology mm-hmm. and if it is good enough mm. it will scale and become a wildfire mm. so uh so i believe in product as a fundamental thing mhm the power of product and second thing i believe is communities communities right whether it's uber driver community huh. or the health professionals community mm. uh this community or the coaches here right mm-hmm. these communities have to come together mm-hmm. so so what i'm trying to say is that you know unless you are in a business where scalability is a problem mm. then even if you are successful it it's going to be fail mm. right and i see a lot of people creating products which are not scalable but they are good products but, but they are not products. scalable yes mm. so that's a problem secondly you know if the product is scalable because of tech uh, mm. fundamentals mm mm-hmm. I think ten percent success rate is a high ratio. Stick mm. to that. Mm. You will be there sometimes. You will not be there sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there are so many frameworks already on internet to evaluate that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of advice there. Mm-hmm. I do want to say one thing that, you know, don't let frameworks available mm-hmm. limit you. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is what I'm hearing from a lot of industry practitioners, like in consulting and in you know. top c level and vp level you know they say frameworks are a good starting point but they limit right. where do you think they limit people so what is a framework framework is an abstraction of a, any generic problem right? yeah yeah now this abstraction is is like a smooth 1 2 3 4 step process yeah it's good for a newbie mm. but the real creativity and innovation lies beyond this mm uh this is like hey i have tech check marked all the things and it looks yeah. good yeah but and, and it's great right if you want to scale anything the framework is the way to scale yeah but the but startups succeed mm. when they innovate on the organicness of the problem mm and you can never capture the organicness of the problem mm mm 
when I ran my previous company, mm. there was no framework 10 years back, right. especially in India. Yeah. So we had to brute force everything. Mm. We learned everything from scratch. Mm. We knew how to talk to travelers or customers mm. and how to understand mm. things and what to do next. If you just follow frameworks, you lack all of that in-depth understanding. Mm. And just do one, two, three, hey, this is a framework to evaluate what is the value proposition, this is a mm. framework for this, mm. which is great mm. because it is mm. easy to communicate. Mm. But it is not a guarantee that you understand the in-depth mm. problem. So, so guys, the lesson, the takeaway is uh, entrepreneurs and startup owners should be open to the organicness of the problem. To be, uh, you harness frameworks, you use them as a starting point, but be ready to uh, go all over the place to be able to handle the organicness of the problem, which is great. And um, do you have any uh, insights on how to do that? How do you uh, become bold to handle uh, unpredictable challenges and organicness uh, of a problem? I think you answered that. In my opinion, the word is bold. Be bold. <laughs> oh, okay. Because everyone will give you frameworks Everybody whether it is accelerators you. or yes. the books or yes. the any advisor it's all frameworks yeah because that is how they can communicate to hundreds of people yeah yeah but be bold yeah uh, understand that you are solving a unique problem that's why you're a startup awesome right? awesome so go, go there awesome so i get this question a lot from s startup founders it's like i have this idea i have like a day job uh you know i know this idea is going to work uh, when should I? When is the right time to quit my day job and do the startup, or should I do both together, <laughs> or what is the good way to do it? I think. So again, there's no right answer, wrong answer to this. The way I would I jumped in is because I believe that this is what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else I, I wanted to do other than this, and that brings in a lot of financial constraints, a lot of other problems. You have to make a decision along with your family and everything. And you have to convince them and you have to also then, you know, make up for all of those things. But the bottom line is, if you're okay with leaving all of those comfort zones, it's okay. But if you are, if you're too attached to those comfort zones of, you know, security, security safety. safety, and even like good house and, you know, daily shopping and eating out and, uh, and, you know, all those things, then it's going to be tough. Yeah. So you have to like pick the one priority in your life and go for it. Yeah. My one priority in my life is, you know, this idea. So that's where I am. So guys, I totally agree with him. Uh, who in the Silicon Valley here has not faced this problem? You want to have a good lifestyle, but you also want to do a startup. What is it that you give up and what is it that you stick to? So this is a great idea. Focus on your startup idea and make sure your family and friends are on board with it. And uh, say no to things you cannot afford to. That's, that's really a great advice to budding startup owners. Now, um, uh, but then I, um, I want to, um, you know, move slightly into your startup journey phase and I want to pick on those moments where uh, you felt you were ready to go to the VC. I want to analyze that. Uh, so in your first startup, you know, how did you, um, you know, decide, okay, th now we are going to the VC, now our product <laughs> is ready. Well, what was, uh, what were all the parameters to evaluate, you know, right. the, Going to so, let me be very frank. My first startup was 10 years back. Right. There were no frameworks. In India, the VC industry was so native. And, the, and there were like maybe five or six companies which were funded when mm -hmm. we started going to VCs. Mm -hmm. We literally like went to, you know, just two kids on the bike. We roam around with VCs and no one funded us. But mm -hmm. then someone who was a college senior and who mm -hmm. believed in us mm -hmm. just funded us. So you and kind of, okay. So he was like an angel. He was an angel. <laughs> and you know, that is where 
that is the first moment so so uh, what in my experience my don't ask for my first startup because there was no framework involved this okay this was in india it was an emerging market it's yeah. a primitive vc vc yeah. framework yeah. Uh, okay that's fine i understand but what is it like now in the us so you you moved from india to us what was this uh, how was this transition planned the transition was planned uh, uh, very interestingly so i let my previous company know that look i have to move out but i will make sure the company stable with all the top leadership set and mm. everything all all good the roadmap set and uh, then me and my wife with a kid we just moved here with three suitcases gosh <laughs> and what was that? like that's like okay yeah because we wanted to like you know do a zero accounting so zero base accounting kind of a thing hmm. so we moved here we created our own new financial identity new hmm. bank new credit card new security numbers everything was like you know new house all the kitchen new so we designed the whole life based on our priorities from zero uh, we didn't bring any clothes and nothing from india wow, so that, that was that is exciting so what was this i very uh, this is really curious so uh, was this like a mindfulness uh, uh initiative like in your life like you wanted to grow more mindful about what life is all about was it too successful the first startup and you experienced a lot of <laughs> luxuries you want to walk away from it or? no 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 it was not that i love luxuries but the, the, <laughs> thing, the thing is when once you are living over 10 15 years in a place you, you create a lot of baggage yeah. for example on the phone you have so many whatsapp group you don't want to be part of you have credit card you don't want to be aligned with you have like you know you have, you have a car which you no more like you have clothes which are then wardrobe because you purchased them 5 years back and so on so it's uh, this is called minimalism it's a lifestyle yeah so i think i am a minimalist when i moved here i awesome, and awesome. then i designed everything like you know what kind of uh, clothes i want to carry uh, wear to carry my brand what kind of uh, what kind of life i want where my priority and then like the kitchen was designed accordingly my whatsapp <laughs> phone and groups and all the apps that are on phone were designed accordingly so i spent some time 2 months design everything the result right now i don't have any operational hassle in my life what i want to do my all my time and energy is on one thing so he, he uh, so uh, santit is in a zen mode to do his next startup on mindfulness <laughs> everything is very well aligned all the stars are well aligned so yeah. and it's working you you found your uh, seed funding and you're right. on to the next round of funding isn't it <coughs> yes so then so, i moved to bay area and i realized that you know it's very different from india hmm. here you have very high quality people hmm high quality people i want to harp on that what do you mean by that so, nobody waste time here is that what you mean no i mean uh, like all the new companies big unicorns are mostly coming out of bay area mm. so people have been in this company and have gained the experience to a degree right mm-hmm. this talent is nowhere else in the world at least not in india uh, for sure it is coming up in the tech product side but mm. not in the other spheres mm. that is first second i have found people who have done computer science degrees mm. then they have been a uh, psychology researchers huh. then they have been like an architect so <laughs> if you want to find an overlap of different kind of people this right. is the place right no uh, you're right people here just are super specialized with multiple overlapping fields right. at the intersection where exactly what you want so i wanted a computer science engineer yeah. who has been a psychologist i found him <laughs> okay this is great so i have a friend in stanford he's a faculty in stanford his name is ajit singh and he did a talk how silicon valley is like a galapagos island it like captures evolution of all species on one island <laughs> that's because any species can come and latch on and they grow very creatively so silicon valley is like that all kinds of uh, yeah yeah totally and then i also saw one more difference in 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 bay area 
you i found two kind of advisors mm-hmm. one high quality advisors mm. high quality advice mm. they don't care about anything equity mm. commercials you do whatever you want to do take my help and i and i had to offer them things right second category low quality advice mm. on the first they say i want 5% equity ah so <laughs> i mean just very drastic differences because but everyone would get such a strong marketing aura around them mm. it's just difficult to know from their marketing aura unless you talk to them mm. so so can you uh, we still have to go back to the question of when you are ready for to, uh, to uh, talk to vc uh, for your second company how you figured <laughs> out but before that how do you know when you talk to a person that this person is high quality or not uh, i understand you ask a lot of questions when you meet someone right uh, other than that what are what are some of the tips for our listeners to take away um about this uh... i think a high quality person will never give you advice <laughs> he will he will he will ask you right questions and mm. let you figure it out because mm. he knows that it is your context it is your world mm. and even if you are you know he doesn't understand those with his frameworks mm. even if he does it is you know you have to evaluate for evolve mm. for that mm. and you will see the quality of style quality of you know the advice mm. uh how much it adds value in your system how much you understand that and yeah. i mean there are the signals that are there yeah i don't have a framework to evaluate those things but it just shows up yeah so uh th- that's i totally agree with you there was one uh, marketing person i worked with for my first book he spoke less and then he was very candid and he never marketed himself he's the, one of the best mentors i've had uh unfortunately we had lot of disagreements but i know what you're saying he uh, he does celebrity coaching now he's very big he has his own startup uh but i know exactly what you're saying so um so you're saying that if you want to find high quality people look for people who are not about numbers but they are about impact they're actually creating impact or they're getting impact by coming in your context Mm. not giving you advice in their context in their frameworks mm. that's what i'm trying to say mm. okay the, that's uh, that's yeah. that's also a very good way of figuring out product market fit yeah as an entrepreneur are you going to the consumers right framework instead of bringing them to your framework i think that's a good point a lot of engineers <laughs> like me yeah think of solution first and then they try to fit the customers on it yeah 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 it's just so hard for me to like for me to change the mindset to think for the customers first and then fit my product there but you do that me. you do that hard work we have you actually that. you yeah. do that and how do you do that how do you slow yourself down take uh, take yourself out of your framework and don't think about your product don't think about your yeah, product first oh talk my to god customers. i love that answer first talk to customers first be talk with to them cus- oh my god don't tell them what you are doing at all nice. understand what they are saying what their problem is and stick there don't bring your bias that you have a great problem great solution mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. forget about it this is high quality advice <laughs> no seriously a lot of startups are failing because they're so far ahead in their product uh, design they've invested so much money time away from everything else into the product and it's not what the customer wants so and this is the most available most widely available advice on internet be that close to, to the customer <laughs> and yet it is so difficult so I mean everyone has emphasized on the same. Yeah, this is also in the design thinking uh, right. Stanford design thinking they it's very customer centric and right. very popular for a good reason. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So and now to talk to investors, right? Yeah, we we have to get back to that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. to talk to investors, I think there are two kind of investors. One who will invest in you. No matter what you're doing. Mm. They are the friends, families, mentors, yes, you know, the yes. close the first level network mm. who have seen you do well before. Mhm. Uh 
take their money hmm. i took take their, their money, money. <laughs> okay <laughs> that's an advice take their money <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you take their money with lot of like i mean i took their money i have sense of responsibility that i want to make sure that that money is put for the best use of course that that commitment you have to have okay other than that no one will pay you money unless you have a proper business model which proves traction and everything proper business model yeah so you have an answer to uh, how you make money and what you do making money who right. are you impacting making your money right. so can you tell me your version right. when do you so for example at inner fate right earlier when it was a concept no mm. one will it's like a very abstract concept that we are yeah. taking emotional intelligence to people via app without people mm. without human in the loop exactly right mm. it's a very abstract concept uh, no matter how much i tell you you won't believe this but if i have to go to a vc i have to say him that look i made my mvp and my minimal viable product is doing well with anonymous random users at a large scale testing mm. that's the first step where we will start seeing you you need to do that mm. because now vc has an overview right and he you know every vc will that is where someone who does not trust you inherently mm. you should trust something else and so, that is this validation and that validation could be traction first customer testimonial second customer testimonial mm. but you need to have some proof mm. which he can trust which is objective mm. and not just you yeah so the takeaway here is vcs look for a scale of adoption of your product or the prototype you're building and uh, it should work it should create impact right. and whether or not the vc knows you or personally or not this impact uh, is going to validate your idea to the vc and that's what you need to create as a startup founder and this is especially important in my problem in my area because i am creating something very new mm. i mean the coaching is not yet a good market out there uh in case of proven markets similar products then maybe you need to prove more that hey i there are 10 competitors that exist i am mm-hmm. the 11th one mm-hmm. but i have a inherent advantage i will beat all of them out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that case you don't have to prove the validity mm-hmm. but maybe execution speed and all those things mm-hmm. in my space i give you the context mm-hmm. so uh can you elaborate more on what you mean by execution speed if you're right. first in first in line or you right. first person in the market so because i am it's a very new industry the mm. coaching industry and the emotional intelligence i have to prove the solution and the validity of it mm. efficacy of it so you carry the weight but you also have first mover advantage exactly exactly okay but had i been fifth mover mm. or fourth mover then you have the a precedent already, yeah, yeah the solution has already been proven in the market yeah then i need to prove that i can beat all of them and move faster yeah but you are also getting into red red ocean yes okay. yes yes okay awesome great great and uh, any tips uh, you want to share with them about how to talk to we see Uh, how you should appear to a VC? <laughs> <laughs> so there are two. There are two schools of thoughts there. Two schools of thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So, so when I talk to some of some of my mentors and other people, they say that you know, uh, look like you don't need yeah. them, showing an important sort yeah, of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And second is like you know, be yourself. Hmm. So you <laughs> choose your school. <laughs> <laughs> no. Things work for each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But most importantly, um, you you have done your due diligence, right? I've I've been through a few pitch events and. Uh, I I just observed the people judging the pitches they like a lot of detail on the pitch uh, obviously one of them is uh, scale or an adoption of your mvp the traction what else uh, is good to have on the slide uh, is it like a story or is it something else uh, other than what other common people do in a pitch so i think i uh, 
I'm not the best person to give the advice is because I anyway read from multiple books on these. But what I've read the most thing is that story is what sells. Story sells. And data is what proves the story. Ah, data proves story. Right. Story sells and data proves the story. Right. This is an amazing takeaway. Yeah, because people get moved with their emotions, and they're looking for data to sort of support those emotions. Awesome. Uh, uh, people don't like you said. You said ten billion, five billion, two million. You know they're numbers, but it's not about what numbers mean. It's about what story is and how that story is supported by numbers. That is the biggest learning I had recently about the pitching session. Pitching session. Awesome. But there are so many better resources about pitching that you know you guys can refer. Awesome. So yeah, you're the first mover in your space and mindfulness. I was a, I was there at your pitch event and. Uh, I remembered you very specifically because of your story. You had a story. Everyone else had impact metrics, but you had a story, and right. I was. Uh, it was very relatable for me. And uh, yeah, th th that's a great advice. So um, I would say users can look at storytelling templates, rehearse in front of the mirror, yeah. and um, well, um, uh, do you do you plan for those moments where people choke uh, on your pitch deck? presentation or I wouldn't say choke but yeah I mean story is something like hey one character would there's a character who does something every day and suddenly when something happens and he ah, falls ah. down mm -hmm. and then something happens he comes up right, like a hero story yeah, yeah. Journey, and hero then the struggle journey. for him to come up and there are challenges tussle right, right. and then he moves forward right. till a day comes when everything becomes great and okay. there's a sunshine day awesome so you have to create that kind of a story it's a that's a story. nice uh, storytelling template for uh, listeners and viewers uh, uh, to take it's it's called a hero story there are a lot of storytelling templates like that so uh, make sure when you're going to meet your VC next you have your template in place uh, and um, yeah there's there's another question I like to uh, the, the, most startup uh, founders have uh, they split after their first round of funding or second round when they scale uh, and even when they do a startup together they don't they're not able to take the pressure and stick together so what is your advice uh, for uh, people who are forming a team? Whoa. Like like the best, <laughs> it's like the best part because you found a partner and yeah. you know, you want to go ahead. But it's also the worst part when they go away. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. you're right. I think it's a very, it's a very good question. <clears throat> uh, from my previous company, we were three co-founders. Gosh. We are there for eight, nine years. Nine years? Yeah, I mean, and today also <laughs> like, you know, it's the same chemistry. Wow. Like but a family. Like a family and like, you know, uh, and the big thing is that, I'll so my mantra is that we had a relationship before we came together in professional life. And that was... Uh, we all three were school friends. Ah, school had a friends. lunches together. Ah. So what I realized is that creating a trust is the most important thing. Creating trust is the most important. Right. I mean, obviously, if you're not performing well or you're not collaborating well or you're a jerk, then the anyway it will not happen. Mm -hmm -hmm. I'm saying even if everything is right, mm -hmm. one plus one has to be 11. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that people are good enough performing and all those things. Mm -hmm. Then trust becomes the most important factor. Mm -hmm. It cannot come, uh, it, it rarely comes after you have started a professional life. Think about this. Mm -hmm. uh, how many friends do you made in your previous companies who you are still in touch with? Mm -hmm. Versus mm -hmm. how many friends you made first and then you work together and it still lasts long. Yeah. So I, I mean, in my experience, friends outside the company, and then starting the company, yeah, is the core fundamental. Is the core fundamental. Like you're not exactly in a competitive space. You're more 
looking uh, at the other person to bond with them as a friend right. and the chemistry works and then you bring that to your workspace right. and then that's a sure uh, one of the more sure shot ways of becoming successful i kind of like that yeah and, and you know i i have tried all the frameworks and you know this is your responsibility this is my responsibility and this is how we will resolve the conflicts without trust nothing works yeah nothing there are, works there are short term yeah. hacks yeah i i totally agree with you and with my co-author currently um i have so much respect for her i trust what she's doing i believe she has all her challenges and still we work on the book together yeah so how do you define trust like what is trust for me it is more admiration that she's doing something so big and yeah. i want to believe what she does and support her and be with her and um what so, is it's trust, more like right. respect or what is trust so i think trust is that the other person will think about me equally as he is thinking about himself mm. so there will be many it's compassion times, it's some com- sort of compassion yeah compassion and you know it's he's not there to optimize for himself he's there to optimize uh-huh. for us yeah something like that yeah i like that it's uh, because in startup there is so many moments when you know one has to make a decision mm, for for mm, everyone mm, mm. and those decisions any discussion is fine mm. but ultimately someone has to decide yeah if you don't have that trust yeah it becomes a very wild wall after some time yeah so this is a great insight uh, trust and compassion these are the most uh, value traits in a leader who wants to accomplish big things so santosh here wants to revolutionize mental health and wellness space and it's coming from him he knows the space well i'm sure you're dealing with compassion metrics in your uh, yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. there you go <laughs> i can almost feel your energy you're so calm and grounded but you're talking about big things uh yeah i think we can go on forever but uh, uh we should call this uh, uh, day and what is one of your parting advice to a startup founders um and in the innovator community whether they're inside a company or outside you know uh, innovators are everywhere right. in every every form right uh, what is your one advice which you wait close to your heart you want to share okay so i would say if you are innovator find a place where you can innovate wow because <laughs> because a lot of times innovation cannot go through if there's a red tape innovation is not something everyone understands right yeah. not everyone will come along with you yeah and if you don't have a deci- you don't have a power to innovate and execute and have budgets and you know, decide things mm. it becomes impossible to innovate mm. so if you're an innovator find a place where you have all the authority to innovate wow otherwise it will become a too many cooks spoil the food kind of innovation wow <laughs> awesome great great advice and a place to innovate it can be in different forms is it a, is it a group of friends who allow you to think or is it your uh, government of the place you live in is it the government policy or uh, you know do you get tax breaks you know there are a lot of things which even in the company if you are innovating inside in the, the company, company mm. make sure that you know the ecosystem is provided in a way that you have enough power to get the resources do the planning execute you have the budget your manager understand and gives you time for it and all those things wow he 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 has bought in the stakes uh, in the risk ups and downs awesome or do things of your own awesome but, awesome but innovating in a place where you are not the only decision maker mm. it just it ruins it yeah. yeah yeah you have to have enough autonomy so there is this uh, theory of um uh, innovation I, i'm working on it where three things are important one is really one is relatedness people around you should relate to what right. you do you should have autonomy and you should be competent right. three things right. and you're talking about all three in terms of a framework so uh, like incubators accelerators uh, they are great place to 
uh, be as well but then yeah autonomy is again an issue there but i think accelerators at least iit startup did provide me a lot of autonomy lot of uh, autonomy yeah. iit startups yeah. provided a lot of autonomy too <laughs> Yeah, uh, and place. support as well. I agree. Okay, totally. great, awesome. Anything you want to uh, request your listeners uh, to collaborate with you? Uh, anything? Right. Mm-hmm. So I am uh, taking emotional intelligence to millions of people mm-hmm. uh, by putting the exercises in psychology, behavioral science on an app in fun, engaging way. Mm-hmm. And uh, your app is called uh, Inner Fit. Inner Fit. Your app is called Inner Fit. Is any for company as well? And, and I'm looking for collaborations. If you're interested in psychology. If you are a wellness coach, uh, or you are an investor who wants to invest in emotional intelligence, happy to help. Awesome, awesome! Thank you, Sanchit, for the most insightful interview. I'm sure it will <laughs> impact a lot of startup founders. You'll laugh a lot of startup founders. You're laughing, but I know this is a very high impact uh, interview I captured. I hope to give good shape to it. Thank you so much. Thank you.